evening uh, service, but we don't have evening services any longer, and uh, it's something uh, for the church to witness and participate in. Uh, it's still a, a very practical time as we get to gather together, and we'll, we're going to look at Scripture today, but um, I, I think it's, it's just a, an awesome celebration uh, to see men that have been called uh, just, to, just to take a, another step of, of, of service and ministry in the church. But I want to remind you of something as we consider um, you know, the, this process of ordination. Basically, the ordination means that uh, you know, we're imparting uh, this important role over to faithful men um, as we're commanded in Scripture uh, in several different places. Uh, but the focus of what they are being set aside to do in this process uh, is, is to lead in ministry uh, with a purpose. And there's, a, there's a, a design that God has for deacons. But it's only taking a little bit step further in the plan for all of us. Ministry is the focus of what we do uh, as we gather together to be a part of the body of Christ. Um, I, I know that sometimes... We have different ideas about what different, how different churches do things. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes the, the role of a deacon in a church, maybe in a Baptist church, uh, turns into a board of, of a group of decision makers that focus on administrative tasks. And uh, sometimes that happens because the average tenure of a pastor in a Baptist church is only about two years. And, but they're the, always the ones that are st- always there. Uh, it's been an amazing experience, though, the last four and a half years that God has allowed Rachel and I to be here, uh, to, to be a part of, of, of the group of men that we have in their families. And, and, and uh, we just spent what we would call a deacon council, or I'm sorry, an ordination council. And we're also commanded in Scripture in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about the qualifications of an overseer, a pastor, and of a deacon, but it also says that they must be tested. And, and the process that we go uh, to test uh, and, and to call deacons is first and foremost the church body. Um, they, they nominate men that they feel meet the qualifications and they've just witnessed them serving amongst us. Uh, and then uh, the, the, the deacon body along with the pastor or our lay pastors as well, then we, we pray and we consider uh, and then those that we feel meet the qualifications uh, we, we reach out to, and then we gather them together for a council where we basically, you know, just pepper them with questions. And, uh, you know, anything can be asked. Uh, and it's always fun to watch how those guys are so nervous about that because they don't know what they're going to be asked. But, uh, man, it, it was fun this morning. I think all of our deacons and lay pastors would attest uh, to hearing their testimonies and where they are. But I want to point you to Scripture this morning. Uh, and then at the end of that time... We're going to ask um, our, 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 uh, our deacon nominee with, uh, with their wife to come up on the stage. And then uh, the rest of our ordained men and their wives are going to come and just pray over them. And when we get to that point in the service, I just encourage you to pray along with us and pray for them as well. Especially as we consider God's Word this morning. But um, if you have a copy of God's Word, go ahead and open uh, to Acts chapter 6. I believe I have it queued up to come up on the screen. But Acts chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 7. Uh, this is pretty familiar for us. Uh, we've, we've looked at this text before. Um, I believe that this is the, 
these, after this morning, there'll be a total, I guess, of six deacons that have been called since I've been here. Uh, but uh, this is really the first place in Scripture that we see um, the, 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 the idea of calling a deacon. And we get a great picture, though, before we go over to 1 Timothy chapter 3 about the qualifications, we see the purpose of their ministry. And I hope that whatever we do as a church... I hope whatever we do, I've always talked about there are, if we find sacred cows here uh, that, that, that are not necessarily lined out directly in Scripture, we should kill them as quickly as possible if, if those traditions are taking the place of what God wants for us. And so whenever we consider what a deacon body does or who deacons are, we need to consider Scripture. And we see explicitly here what deacons are to do. And I think it's defined well in what our deacons focus on. But in Acts chapter 6, follow along from verse 1. In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, this is very quickly after Pentecost, after Christ died, rose again, and the church was birthed. In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebrew Jews that their widows were being overlooked in their daily distribution. The twelve summed the whole uh, company of the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer uh, and to the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole company. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith uh, and the Holy Spirit, uh, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and uh, Timon, and Parmenius, uh, I'm sorry, Parmenius, and uh, Nicholas, a convert from Antioch, they had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And then in verse 7, so the word of God spread, the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, first off, I want to tell you the reason that deacons were called together. This issue of Hebrew Jews and, and uh, Hellenistic Jews, they were, they were just folks from different nationalities, different cultures, different backgrounds that came together to form the church. This is what the church is supposed to look like. We're not, Ed, Pastor Eddie and I always lament the fact that not everybody is just like us. How everything would be perfect in the world and in this church, everyone was just like us. But we don't live in that world, and praise God for that. Because it would probably just be me and Eddie here. that We couldn't stand anybody else. That everybody was just like us. The church is supposed to be diverse. Okay? Whenever the word of God is shared, the gospel goes out. Um, you know, your church should look like your community as you reach folks. And this community is diverse. And, of course, there's going to be, you know, you know conflict and, and struggle and difficulty whenever you have so many people that look so different, act different, and have all these different backgrounds. So... And in, and in this melding together, there we see here in this text that there is conflict and disunity. Guys, I want you to know that conflict and disunity uh, are the symptoms of an unhealthy and a dying church. Uh, but you can take this and you can apply this to any situation. You can apply it to a family. If there's disunity uh, and there's always a, a, just systematic conflict, it's, an, it's, it's symptomatic of, uh, of, a, of, a, of a dying, unhealthy family or an individual uh, or, or even a company. I mean, it, it's, it's a great uh, description of anything, but particularly for God's church. And whenever there's struggles that, that arise, um, 
there is a prescription here in Scripture on how to remedy these circumstances and to remedy these problems of conflict. Because there's another significant problem that happens in churches. See, healthy churches or healthy individuals, healthy families, what do they do? They, they reproduce, okay? And they, and they reproduce what they have and what they are. Now, sometimes unhealthy churches reproduce their own health, but eventually they begin to die. Um, and one of the significant things that I have witnessed here uh, is over time, uh, as, as, our, as, our, as our leaders in our church and our deacons became more focused uh, and, and more intently uh, unified in what God had called us to, to do in the biblical uh, mission God had given us, uh, it was only when we found that unity and that, and that focus we saw God's blessing begin to pour out, and we began to, to, to multiply and to reproduce. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, there's no other magic bullet. It has been God leading us in, in your obedience to follow him, not just with our deacons and our, and our body, but I remember telling our leaders, guys, as united as we are, as united as our church will be, as divided as we are, is as divided as our church will be. And we saw, saw God do amazing things. And it's a formula here, though, that, that, is, that is biblical because the practical answer to the problems of an unhealthy and dying church is a deacon ministry, is, is what it is. And what is a deacon? Um, we're going to talk about ministry in a second. But, but, but you know, I, I think real practically, you know, that, that word deke to me is the word to serve, okay? And it's also, when you look at the, the actual a description of it, it means serving as they're kicking up dust, they're working, they're doing things that maybe no other people would do, but, but they're not just working, serving tables. Sometimes pastors treat deacons like, oh, you don't tell me what to do, you stay in the background, you just need to go out there and clean the fellowship hall. Obviously, I don't tell them to go out there and, and do all the renovations. Um, that, that's not what they do, guys. It's not what deacons do, Okay. Uh, they do do a lot of work in the background, but it's with a purpose. It's a focus to keep the body unified and focused. And, and particularly, I think what deacons do, if they do their ministry well, uh, they, they keep the church body informed about what's going on. Uh, they walk the, the church body through struggles and, and celebration. Um, and, and they, but they also keep the church focused on ministry, and as we see implicitly from Scripture is what we're seeing here whenever these apostles came together so they're being distracted by some of this work. They couldn't focus on the primary ministry that God had called these, the, these uh, apostles to. But the deacons, they support the pastor and the ministry leaders so that they can focus on the mission. They, they, they pick that up and they, they carry it for them. And and, and especially, they, they, they try their best as they serve to keep the leaders that are focusing on the ministry and focusing on the mission from being sidetracked by conflict and misunderstanding as they're doing their job. Now, I, I hope as we go through this, I'm not putting you to sleep and, and, you know, and, and, and just talking through church polity because I can't tell you how important it is if you love a healthy church. If you think our church is healthy, I'm going to tell you it's not the healthiest. Uh, it's not. It's not. You know, perfect by any means. But I, I'm going to tell you, a lot of you here attest to seeing the Lord move here, and a lot of it has to do with what we're looking at here in Scripture, as it describes it in Acts chapter six. Um, 
And, and I believe that this ministry that we're talking about is what is before us. Uh, because we, we, our deacon ministry is a, is a ministry that's been in flux. It has been going through a process. Uh, when we first came four and a half years ago, Rachel and I, there, there were some issues in the church. Um, I, I don't, we're not going to you know, air dirty laundry. Every church has dirty laundry, okay? Um, but uh, it, it took us a while to, to work through some of those struggles and some of those issues. Uh, and it seemed like there for a while, that's all we were having to do is deal with struggling issues. And the, the deacons became focused, became united, and, and we began to grow uh, but it came to a point to where, you know, if we weren't dealing with struggles, we didn't have to do anything. It was cool. It was great. Um, but this past year, uh, we just became convicted together that, that there was something more that God was leading us into as a deacon ministry that we needed to establish in our church. And that is what we are focusing on. It's been the, the focus of what we did. We actually did, um, I think it was about a six hours of training together with the lay pastors and myself, Brother Eddie and I helped put this together. We got some help from a great mentor named Herb Peterson up in the Metroplex. But we got our current deacons, and we also got these deacons that you nominated. And we went through this training and, and talked about what are the roles of a deacon and what does this ministry need to look like where it's really highlighted and practical and can be effective. And that's the ministry that we have put together. This deacon ministry will not focus on administration. In fact, as quickly as we can, as quickly as it's practical, we're, we're going to take deacons off of committees. We have plenty of folks that are faithful that can serve on committees and pull them off to focus them on a couple of important things. And I just want to tell you about it quickly. Deacons are going to work. We've divided all of our families up between deacon pairs. They're going to work uh, as, as best as they can to, to be in your home as often as they can. It won't happen all the time. Uh, they're going to they're gonna work to keep you informed of all the things that are going on in the church. They're going to work to identify the needs that you might have on how the church can help you. And, but, but the other thing they're going to do is to encourage every one of you to be engaged in ministry somehow. And I've been using that word ministry quite a bit. And so I, I want to just define for you what ministry is. Uh, and I've kind of come around and changed a little bit of my definition through this journey we've been doing as we were looking at this ministry together. But here, here it is, just as simple as it is. What, is it, what do you think ministry is? Some people think that what I'm doing up here is ministry, you know. You know, if, you, if you're not up behind a pulpit or you're not a deacon, you know, you're not doing ministry. Guys, ministry is something every single one of us are called to. All right, and, and, and even if you're not doing it, it doesn't mean that that call goes away. God's got a place for you in the church, in the body of Christ, in this community. And, and here, here simply is what ministry is. Ministry is a caring relationship with people in need. Let me say it again. Ministry is a caring relationship with people in need. You've got to spend time with each other. You've got to get to know each other. But, but with intentionality. And, 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 you know, the, these deacons in, in Acts chapter 6, they had to go and they had to intervene in these situations. They had to meet these, the, these widows where they were. They had to discern their problems and step in, not just to serve, but to get things smoothed out. But we, we see here that that is really important because here, here's why it's important for you and here's why it's important for these deacons, okay? There's nothing that these men or myself or any of you can do 
on your own that can be beneficial for you eternally. There's nothing you can do, okay? We can go and we can, we can go clean up a yard. We can go help you fix a, fix a roof. We can go and, and, and help, you know, fix a sewer problem. We've done that here before. Uh, we, we can go and, 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 and do all sorts of, you know, ministry to you. But here's what we know. The only reason we gather here is because what Christ has done, Jesus is God incarnate, okay? God stepped down out of heaven into, it says that he tabernacled amongst us. He put his, this humanity on him to be with us. And whenever we minister to each other, it's because of what Christ has done in us. We have his spirit in us. We have his word, hopefully, in us and before us. And, and, and we are constantly walking and being transformed through his eternal work. And as we build these caring relationships to, 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 for people in need, we identify needs. We're not just giving them physical help, but we're showing them who Jesus is. And deacons, that's the job you have to do. It's a tall order. I remember being, being just overwhelmed one time in my young marriage, realizing that I was supposed to love my wife the, the way Christ loved the church. But the reality is I, I'm incapable of that on my own. That, that's still a call I'm called to. I have to rely on him to do that. But, guys, as a church, you are in this community, wherever you are, whether it's in, off at school somewhere or living right here, you are called to show Christ to others, to bring <laughs> unity and to bring the focus of the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ to wherever you go. You have a role to play as you meet other people's needs and you serve with them. And that's what deacons are supposed to do. That, 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 that's, that's it in a nutshell. Um. And here's something, too, something that, that, that Dr. Peterson or Brother Herb, as I like to call him, he said this about churches. He says, a church has not achieved its optimal health until every member is involved in ministry. Every member is involved in ministry. Guys, I got now four and a half years of history where I can sit back and I can remember how you've ministered to me, how you've served with me how you've taken care of my family and I. As we got to share for an hour with these, these men that are going to be coming up here in just a moment. You know, we got to share that story. But here's the thing. Guys, every one of us has this call. These men are going to step into a, 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 a more intense and, and, and maybe a little bit more purposeful in a leadership role. But every one of you have that calling on your life. How are you ministering to people? How are you showing them Christ? Because this church has a job to do. We shouldn't be satisfied with where we are. I'll tell you what, I, Ryan Buck is not finished. God is still doing lots of work on me, okay? Uh, and, and if you're thinking that you are the finished masterpiece of God, I would really like to meet you, okay? I, ne- I need some help. But none of us are there. That means our church isn't there. How are you fitting in to this description of what we need to be focused on as a church, as every minister of all, the, the deacon family ministry, as we, or, we're gonna, or the faith family ministry, as we want to call it, that, that's the goal. Besides caring for your needs, as far as keeping you informed of all that's going on in the church, um, we, we want to encourage every member to be connected to ministry somehow, being involved in caring relationships with, with people in need. Because it's going to accomplish something amazing. I want to draw your attention back to Scripture 
You know, it, we, we saw that narrative in Acts chapter 6 about how there was this, this issue of this, this problem, and, and it, it arose to the attention of the, of the pastors and the leaders, and so they had to, they had to resolve it. And so they, 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 they sought the Lord's directing, and they called these men. It says in verse 6, they had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And then look at verse 7. This is really important. So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Now that, that verse is not there by accident, okay? If you were going to pick out a group of people that this ragtag new church was not going to reach, you would point to these fellas. I mean, this is the inner circle of the people that had put Jesus on the cross. They're the ones that were conniving at night and doing these mock trials and bribing people to give false testimony because they hated who Jesus represented. They hated what he was doing. They hated the change that was coming. It says, after the church got their issues resolved, after they, they called this ministry together and they were focused on the mission and they were eliminating the distractions by meeting these needs, the unreachable became reached. And guys, I just want to remind you about that as a church. Whenever we experience conflict, when we experience this unity, it, it's not just affecting me not getting my way, okay? It's affecting people's eternity. But whenever we are focused and we are healthy and we are multiplying, what is, what is the end result? People that would never have gotten saved otherwise were coming to faith through this work of the church. And, and I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome illustration here of what you men are called to be a part of as you work to help us fulfill this very important ministry. Now, I won't be much longer because we want to have a time of prayer over these men. But uh, over in 1 Timothy chapter 3, it lays out in the first six verses, or seven verses, it lays out the qualifications of an overseer. I'm not going to take the time to go through that. I want you to know we have been thorough as a deacon body and pastors, and we have examined these men according to Scripture. But I want to, I'm going to point your attention. I'll read it out loud. If you're following along, I'm going to just read verses 8 through 13. It says in verse 8 of 1 Timothy chapter 3, Deacons likewise should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. Wives, too, must be worthy of respect, not slanders, self-controlled, faithful in everything. Deacons are to be husbands of one wife, managing their children and their households competently. In verse 13, for those who have served well as deacons uh, acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 10, um, well, I won't, I won't go back and, and retread that, but in, 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 this, in this text we, we see some things that are very important. Uh, first off, the, the qualities of these men, um, they must be worthy of respect. They must not be hypocrites. They must not um, do, uh, say one thing and, and turn and do another. They must not be a drunk. They must not be greedy and just consumed with worldly passions. Also in that text in chapter 3, a little bit earlier on, it, it talks about that they should, you know, 
treasure the mysteries of the gospels that have, of the gospel that has been revealed. Basically, you know, the, the mysteries that they are supposed to hold fast to is Christ that has been revealed. They're supposed to love Jesus, and they're supposed to exonify who He is in their lives. It also says that we are to test them. We have done that. It also says, though, uh, of their wives. Now, church, I want to tell you something important, okay? Um, I've heard it said um, that the second most loneliest person, uh, you know, in a church is the pastor because they roll they have, but the loneliest person is the pastor's wife. But what, why is that sometimes? Uh, it, it, sometimes it's hard to be a leader. It's hard to, to have to be sacrificing and serving so many without being fed yourself sometimes and, and feeling neglected. Deacons and your wives, um, wives, you have this calling too. We've asked every deacon. In fact, I think Jeff and I spoke to all the deacon nominees and their wives and asked them to make sure that they were called to this together because it's a team effort. If God's called you, he's called your wife. And they have all attested, yes, they have, but but. One last chance to get out of it, ladies. No, 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 uh, no shame here. If you're like, nope, nope, just, just, just kind of make a hand signal to me, okay? And we'll, we'll, we'll do something without you being too embarrassed. But it says wives are to be worthy of respect, not gossiping and not slandering. They should be self-controlled and they should be faithful with everything. Now, guys, that, that, that's 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 a remedy to keep a, a church healthy. And focused and reproducing. Um, I believe that that's what we found in these men and their wives, in the Conos, the Durst, and the Armstrongs. Um, I, there's a, there's there's big days. There's great ministry. There's struggles. There's conflicts. Uh, there's families that are going to be complex. We got to. There's all these things out in front of First Baptist Church Mason, and we don't know what it is. Um, but I want you to know that these three. Men and their wives have been called to help our church navigate what he's going to do here. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, men, as you accept this calling, wives, as, as you have come alongside them uh, to, to serve together, to, to be incarnational as you show Christ to others and you work to meet these needs, I just want to encourage you um, to know that you're not doing it by yourself. You're not doing it in a way that you have to be anybody uh, somebody that you're not. God has gifted you. God has created you for a purpose. And it's unique and it's important. And I just encourage you to be the men and women God's called you to be. Faithfully serve him and faithfully follow him no matter what comes. And, and, and know that you know, we're, we're here to do this together. Church, uh, look at these men. Don't put them up on pedestals, okay? They're, the reason they're in the role they're in is because they serve greater than others, and they're humble, and, 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 and they're, they're meek in what they do. But look at them for help. Look at them for strength, but above all, pray for them. I'd like to ask um, Dennis Cano and Elizabeth, would you guys come up and on the stage? I would like to ask uh, David and Carla Durst, would you also please come up? And Chris and Julie Armstrong, would you all come up? As these families come up, uh, we're, 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 it's described in Scripture that as, as uh, God had called uh, these to be overseers and to be deacons, uh, that the apostles stood before them, laid hands upon them, 
and, and prayed for them. And so th- that's our practice here. What we're about to do, I'm going to ask our uh, ordained uh, deacons and ministers and their wives, if they, if they wish, to come up. And we're just going to spend a time of prayer praying over these folks. And you pray along with us. Um, if, if God has put something special in your heart uh, that you need ministry for or dealing with, we'll, we'll have a time for that here in just a little bit. Uh, but, but let's come together and pray over these folks.
Um, I, as we conclude uh, this ordination service, uh, I want to thank you for being patient with us. Uh, it, went, it went a little over 12, and I want you to know that Jeff Gass is the chairman of Deacons, and he's responsible for any of that. So, no. Uh, and, and we have a parting gift for our new deacons. It's a whole bunch of responsibility to keep the church healthy and safe and productive. Don't mess it up, okay? Hey, guys, we love you. We're so glad we could come back together. We're, we're, uh, we're going to dismiss here in a second, but if there's something heavy on your heart uh, you need prayer for or you want to visit uh, with me about or someone else, um, as you're dismissed uh, here, here in just a bit by some of our deacons, just hang behind, you know, so it's okay. I'm not, we're not going like, to make sure the building's cleared and so we can start the, the Clorox treatment. We'll do it later. So I, I'd like to go ahead and, and uh, ask our, our new deacons and their wives to stand, and, uh, and let's praise God for them uh, and what they're going to be doing in our church. We praise God for you. I, I want you to know every one of them are, are not excited to be standing on the platform to be applauded like this. That's not who they are. But uh, I'm gonna, I'd like to ask, uh, ask you guys to go ahead and you can walk and hang out at the back. And uh, as we dismiss, y'all can come on down. As, y'all, as we dismiss, you can go by and give them an air hug or an, or an elbow shake uh, as, as they've done. But you'll be hearing from them uh, soon as we begin this new faith family ministry. But. Pastor John closes out, and uh, after he's, uh, as he begins to sing that song, uh, ushers, if y'all could start dismissing from the back. We can go ahead and do that now.